Ultra. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one revisited line at a time. Hey. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're talking about Minute 133, which starts with the leaving of the elves from Rivendell, continuing, and ends with a close-up of the Eye of Sauron. Yep. Which we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Galadriel's, given us, a, Galadriel's given us a lowdown on the what's, rundown. what's up. What's going on in the world? The world has changed. I don't understand why we get this line, the very first line that she says in the movie, um, or the very first line said in the movie, is revisited here. I am not sure why. I'm, You know, I'm not really sure why either. They mentioned that this scene, the way it's put together at one point, like, could have been the prologue, so maybe it's just a holdover from that. This montage scene talking about Gondor the movements. Rohan. Yeah, talking about the movements of the enemy in general. Oh. But they wanted to save the Saruman reveal and not throw Gondor and Rohan at you so fast. Right. Yeah, no, that's... But this refocuses people watching this movie into exactly what's going on, because... This is the one that has multiple plot. This is the first of the two that has multiple plot threads. So this is this scene is here to get a casual movie-going audience who maybe has been sitting in the theater for a while, or it's been a year since they saw the first movie. So this is here to reorient them to everything that's going on. But it's not like... And this is better than the Gandalf monologue. It's not like we last saw Rohan in a year ago, though. Like... We have been with these two, I mean, not Gondor, but we've been with Rohan. Like, we literally just saw Saruman send his armies away ten minutes ago. Yeah. So, I don't understand why this is... It feels a little, um, not pandery, but, like, I don't know, maybe their test audiences were confused but to me it just feels a little like heavy-handed this uh exposition because we we literally just saw the army yeah i mean i tend to feel that it's anytime they talk about it in the commentary like when a scene seems to be the result of a test audience it feels very heavy-handed to me but then again like we're people who are you know read the books before we saw the movies. Well, even... We're, like, more familiar with the material, maybe more familiar with fantasy stuff in general than they would have pulled into a test audience. What, the idea of, like, multiple countries? Or... No, just, like, fantasy works in general. Like, some people, I feel, who aren't used to indulging in fantasy works or reading fantasy novels or watching fantasy movies maybe turn their brain off a little more than they would watching other media that they tend to. So they're not paying as close attention as they would to, like, an action movie that they're watching, if that's more their thing. I don't know if, like, you understand what I'm trying to say. I don't think I do. Like, if it's not the media you're used to, you tend to not pay as close attention to it. Oh, I am the opposite. If it's something that I am unfamiliar with, I am 
paying very close attention because I'm unfamiliar with it. Like, it's not in my comfort zone. So, like, I, I don't know. I'm the opposite way, I guess. Because to me, familiarity, like, familiarity with a, a movie, like, I can just put, like, I can just put on a Thor movie and, like, I know what's going on because I've seen it a million times, but I can do other things. Whereas if I'm watching something for the first time, I'm not going to turn my brain off. I'm going to, like, engage with it, you know? Hmm. I don't know. I I feel like most people are not that way. Most people but that's the in, whole point. only really indulge in, like, what they enjoy. And when they're pushed to indulge in something else, they don't look at it as deeply or pay as close attention to it as things that they know they enjoy. But that's the whole thing about, like, going out of your comfort zone is that it's unfamiliar, so it's, like you pay more attention to it. Right. Like if you're the kind of person that would, or if you're, if you are, if you go out of your way to go see it as an active, like pursuit to go outside your comfort zone, that makes sense. But when someone just puts something in front of you that you're not necessarily normally interested in, I feel like a lot of people just don't pay as close attention. And I think that that's really the kind of people that wind up in test audiences. It's just like, we're just going to show you a bunch of different stuff. Or, like, we want people who this isn't their normal thing because we want to reach as broad of an audience as possible. Yeah. So, like, they're looking for people who aren't interested in fantasy at all and seeing how well the movie tests. But, like, even the casual moviegoer, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm expecting too much of the casual moviegoer. (laughs) Well, Hollywood certainly doesn't expect anything of the casual (laughs) moviegoer. I don't, like, whenever a movie is super heavy-handed with the exposition in particular, I get a little insulted because it's like you're not treating your audience with respect. You know? like Yeah. I understand that. I imagine that there are people who saw these movies or like or watched the DVD that some of these like exposition-heavy exposition heavy scenes legitimately clarified things for them and made them enjoy the movie more. Yeah. And, like, that's not you and me. Like, those, we're not the, the audience that those scenes are for. Yeah, I understand. And like, well, I mean, like, it's always nice to see Galadriel, but... Right. Like, she's... Peter Jackson, like, kind of offhand is just like, I think this is probably the movie that she got paid for that she's ever done that she's in the least. She's just, like, in two shots. She filmed, like, two headshots for this movie. <laughs> and, like, that's it. She's just kind of... She just stood in front of a camera. Up close for a minute. Yeah, whatever. Said some stuff in Elvish. Yeah. Got a got a nice paycheck and went home. Mm-hmm. Living but, the dream. Yeah. Kate but this Blanchett. is this is more of uh, the psychic communication thing that we saw with Galadriel and Fellowship. Right. And I mean, Elrond talks back, which we don't really get the impression in Fellowship that people can talk back to her when she does that. Um, Frodo Except for Frodo. Like, her. But everyone else, like, the only other character that, like, talks about his interaction with Galadriel is Boromir. Makes it seem like he couldn't respond, like he was cornered by this psychic vision. Well, maybe he's just, like, weak-minded. I mean, maybe. Like, Frodo's will is, like, so tenacious, like, maybe. Or maybe she's having, like, 13 different conversations at the same time. Maybe. Which is very impressive. Yeah. 
She's talking in everyone's mind individually. Yeah. And or then, maybe just Frodo and, and, and Boromir. Maybe she's just like, you have the ring and you need to calm down. I see you over there. See you over there. I'm pretty the- sure, like, doesn't Aragorn mention something about Galadriel as well? I don't think so. Because they have, like, that moment where she, like, looks at him and, like, she's... I'm pretty sure there's, like, Aragorn knows what he must do or whatever. Maybe. I've now forgotten. (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know. I am of two minds of this because I really like Kate Blanchett and she is pretty as Galadriel and Galadriel's cool to see again. Um, but it's also just kind of there and we already know all this stuff. Right. Like if, if the, the army reveal had happened like an hour ago, that I would understand, but literally like, I don't know. It's in my notes. Hang on one second. (laughs) Right. But, like, in the context of the movie, like, what's happening here, this is Galadriel filling in Elrond on what's going on. Because Elrond doesn't know. Yeah, because he's been so far up his ass about stupid crap. About sending Arwen away. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, so this is Galadriel, you know, giving Elrond the the daily news. Just, like, hey, man. The morning report. <laughs> right, exactly. Less puns, though. <laughs> Yeah, literally, the army is revealed at minute 125. We're in minute 133. Yeah, Less eight than 10 ago. minutes ago. Yeah. What can you do? Uh, <laughs> Not better? put this here. Yeah. <laughs> this, was, uh, this was to prevent confusion. I understand introducing Gondor, but the army, like, we just saw the army. Yeah, I know. Like... Do people just not have a 10-minute attention span? Attention span? I don't know. And, like, reiterating that the Sauron is the big bad, like, the big boss at the end of the, the whatever. Yeah. And he's using Saruman is, I understand, because we hadn't we haven't seen Sauron in a while. Yeah. Or his, you know, evil floaty eye of evil. But, like, we just saw the army. Yeah. I think you're getting a little hung up on the army thing. I think I am. I, like, and I, the reason I'm of two minds of this, like, for this, because the reintroducing it creates a, that sense of urgency again, but again, it's it was like eight minutes ago. Yeah. But it is definitely important to, like, reestablish Sauron at this point, because yeah. we haven't seen the eye in a while. Yeah. No, and, like, people, other than, like, Vague references to the enemy. Right. Like, no one has talked about the... Like, the ring hasn't been talked about in a while. And that's... This scene reestablishes that. Cause, yeah, because like, we haven't there's more seen stuff Frodo tomorrow. in a while. Yeah, because we haven't seen Frodo Frodo got kidnapped at the end of the disc, and... We haven't seen them since then, right? Um... No. I think we saw them walking a little, maybe? No? No, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, no, we haven't seen them since the disc switch. Yeah. So, like, 20 minutes into the disc, roughly, and, like, we haven't seen... A little over 20 minutes into the disc, and we haven't seen them yet, again yet. Is that right? I feel like that's right. 
Because, like, Eowyn's bad at cooking, and then you have the warg attack, and then Aragorn makes out with a horse, and then, like, there's this R1 stuff. Yep, and then <laughs> and then we get back to Faramir, and then we get to Faramir. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, like, 20 minutes. Okay. It's been since the disc switch. So, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. That seems about right. Like, you want to you wanna give different threads of the story, especially when, you know, the cliffhanger of the disc switch was, like... A kidnapping. Right. And, you know, they're padding some of this first part of the disc with extended stuff. Right. And then 20 minutes to get back to Frodo. That seems reasonable to me. That lets the impact sit just enough. So then you're just like, oh, man, I haven't seen Frodo in a while. And he comes back into the movie. Because you don't want to go, like, a half hour without your main character. Right. And, like, this is... This is... This scene, for, like, some of its flaws and, like... You know, it keeps going for the till through tomorrow. Is a pretty decent segue back into to Frodo to and like the conflict on. that he's about to be a part of. Right. Like it works as a segue. The beginning part of it's a little clunky. I guess I'm just like having taking issue with the way that this film in particular is structured, the way that they um, put the some of the extended stuff in. Mm. Yeah, that Gandalf monologue feels, like, wholly unnecessary. Well, not even the Gandalf stuff, but I mean, like, with, um, like, Aragorn and Arwen, um, that whole week where they had that flashback where he, like, broke up with her, um, just all the, there's a lot happening, so it's difficult to, like, keep all your balls in the air, the, all the mm-hmm. juggling balls. We've had a, we've had a lot happen yeah, like the last, I don't know, 45 minutes of this movie have just dealt with a lot of threads really fast. Yeah. Which it's, I don't mind. It's just the, I think it's a little clunky, this extended version. Mm-hmm. But like, I also find the theatrical version lacking. So I I don't have an answer to my problem. I'm just throwing it out there, I guess. That's fair. I, I do, the pacing of this movie is stilted. Yeah. Like, at the at the very least, like, the pacing of this one is stilted, especially in the middle, in, in the act two of this movie. Yeah, because like, we are still in act two, and it's been, like, over two hours. Act three is, like, the whole last hour of the movie. Right. It's the, the whole God, battle. I cannot believe we are over two hours in this movie, and we still have not gotten to the battle. Like, the battle that this movie is about. This entire... Everything about this movie, apart from the Frodo-Sam storyline, is all about leading to Helm's Deep. Yeah. So it's like, everything about the movie outside of Frodo and Sam is just a ball rolling down a hill. Just knocking down things on its way to Helm's Deep. It's like, we're gonna get here. It's picking up steam. One hour battle sequence. My goodness. I it can't be an hour. Because we're over two hours in. There's no way that battle's an hour. So I we're have... at like we're at like minute one thirty three, right? Yeah. There's how many minutes in two hundred and twenty something minutes in this movie? Yes. Alright, yeah. So thirty minutes from now, if we're in the battle, it's gonna last like an hour almost. No. If the battle starts 30 minutes from now, that's at minute 160, roughly. 
and then 40 minutes from there is 220. Yeah, that's not an hour. Or an hour. An hour from there is 220. 160 to 220 is 60 minutes. That's an hour. What? So if the battle starts by 160, we've got an hour-long battle almost. I could pull up the spreadsheet, but I'm really lazy, so... It's got to be close to an hour. We'll find out, I guess. Like a half hour from now, I'm pretty sure we're Find out next time. Half hour from now, I think we're going to start seeing, like, uh... Seeing them gather together. There's no freaking way it takes the army 30 minutes into the movie to, like, march. There's no way. 30 minutes from now to get to Helm's Deep? Yeah, there's no way. We have all, like, the Frodo stuff, I guess. Yeah, because, you know, the next three weeks... And the Faramir stuff. Like, it certainly doesn't happen in the next 15 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Maybe you're right. (laughs) And then we still have to have... And then beyond the next three weeks... Like, because the next three weeks, the next two are all Faramir, Faramir stuff. Right. And then... Flashback, flashback. Beyond... Yeah, and then we're... And then the flashback. Like, we're going to have... We're going to view Faramir, and then Faramir, and the flashback, and then... What's after the flashback? We've got uh, this, the scene with Gollum in the pool. Mm. And then, after that, we still have to deal with Aragorn getting back to everybody. We're going to check in on Merry and Pippin one more time. I'm but, pretty sure. We're going to have Entmoot before the Battle of Helm's oh Deep. Oh my gosh, yeah. So yeah, it's going to be like a half hour before we get to the Battle of Helm's Deep. I'm at fe- least. I'm feeling it. Like, Fellowship? Fellowship, like, I feel like Fellowship because the climax was, of the movie is like at the halfway point. Fellowship was paced way better than this. <laughs> right, like the, because the the emotional high point of that movie is the is the, is roughly the midway point in the extended. It's the Balrog. But the the midway point is the council. Oh yeah, I'm I'm off. It's like it's, it's like two thirds of the way into the movie. Yeah, it's like roughly halfway through the second disc is the Balrog. And then from there it's just Lothlorien and the chase to the falls of Raros. Right. So like the back half of the the back half of Fellowship, once they're in Moria, just goes. But this movie, the back half, there's like there's a whole bunch of setup. Yeah. And then finally knocking down the pieces. I also think the issue lies in the fact that this, like, The Two Towers is very explicit. Like, I think, because everyone's like, it's actually six books, but I think it's the most prevalent in The Two Towers that it's six books or, like, two separate books because, like, you have Frodo and Sam. And then you have everybody else. And the, the, like, you can't do that with a movie. So you have to, like, intertwine all of these things. And you have to try to f- cut it together in a way that doesn't break up the tension too badly. Which right. is why the Mary and Pippin stuff is so short in the theatrical. It's, it's like, nothing. And even in the extended, like, the, the Mary and Pippin scenes, none of them last more than, I think we've had one over five minutes. Right, when they're in trouble. Yeah. And then other than that, all their all their scenes are like a two minutes, minutes long, three yeah. minutes long. So, Entmoot's a little longer than that. I think Entmoot must be like a five, six minute scene. It feels like it, but... <laughs> Boo-ra-room. Right. We have, we have decided you are not orcs. We have just finished saying good morning. But... I think I quote, we have decided you are not orcs relatively often. When I'm looking at something and I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> well, I have decided you are not an orc. How dare you. But, 
yeah, the, the this part of the movie is not paced terribly well. Because, you know, in Return of the King, we're still kind of following three stories, but it doesn't feel quite as bad in Return of the King. Well, I mean... At least, you know, to my recollection. I you, haven't watched Return of the King since we started doing this. You have the... That's the problem with, like, the second in a trilogy. Like, you're... It's not quite wheel spinny because people are achieving things, but, like... I don't know, you have an hour-long battle scene, Sam and Frodo get taken prisoner, Merry and Pippin aren't really doing anything, Legolas is sad, <laughs> like, Aragorn's dead, question mark? So, there's a whole lot of waiting around, waiting for, like, the character- I think my problem with this in particular is that all of the characters are not doing things they're reacting to things yeah because this is i mean i think part of that is is created by and i've said i've i've referred to it this way before that it feels like the way they structure two towers they were trying to film a war movie not a fantasy epic okay and i think that contributes to some of the characters being reactionary stuff because you know part of the part of the thing about war is responding to the horrors of war not going out and like actively like actively fighting back it depends on the kind of war movie you're doing right but like a lot of war movies is about the horrors of war like being thrust upon you and how you deal with them right so the general narratives of war movies tend to be pretty reactionary right and i think that's part of what this is what's going on here okay like, the horrors of war are coming, and these, these characters are getting ready for it. Yeah. And then all of that war happens in, you know, a few days in Helm's Deep, and it takes an hour in the movie. Dude, that battle is, like, overnight. It's one night. Yeah. That battle. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. But, like, whenever I think of the look for me at dawn on the fifth day thing, which I always think is the third day, because, you know... Christianity, right, but right. the dawn on the fifth day. It's Wizard Jesus. It's Wizard Jesus. He is Wizard Jesus. <laughs> he rose. He rose from the grave, and then he he came back stronger and and helped the people. Right. Did you believe in Gandalf, children? <laughs> so like that always makes me think that it's a multi day battle when I just like think of no, it. No, it's five days abstract. since Gand. Like we saw Gandalf last. Like yeah. he peaced out. Yeah, and then like how long is it like? In time, like, in minutes in the movie since last we saw Gandalf, when he shows up again. Like an hour and a half. Uh, more? It's a long-ass time. Yeah, it is. Because we're not going to see Gandalf again until, like, minute 200. Somewhere thereabouts. Right, the very end. Not the very, very end, but towards and, uh, the end. And he rode off before the disc change. Yeah. Yep. He sure did. So it's already been like 40 minutes since we've seen Gandalf. <laughs> we uh, we got some more time there. Yeah. No, Helm's Deep is one one night. It's just that line, you know, look for me at dawn on the fifth day. It just makes me think that it, it's a multi-day battle, but it's not. They show up and then the army shows up and then they throw down mm -hmm. and then there are trees. I think Gandalf leaves... Uh, in minute 90? So yeah, like 40 minutes ago, Gandalf took off. He buggered off to go find Aemir. 
91. So yeah, it's been 42 minutes since we've seen Gandalf. Yep. Sad times. It'll probably be minute like 190 something. <laughs> Watch it be minute 191. <laughs> exactly 100 That minutes. would be so good. Right? He's been gone for 100 minutes. That would be a pretty choice. But. I don't know. We don't, we haven't really talked about the minute in a while. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, it's a montage minute. It's reestablishing some things. Yeah. The, the bridge, the bridge shot that the, we, uh, that we talked about yesterday is, is here today. Pretty, yes. It's the, in front of that 124th scale Rivendell miniature. I like the, the tiny gondor. That's Osgiliath. Yeah, I like that. It's Which pretty. I guess was like that was a thing in this montage that was really confusing to people. Like, what is this place that the shadow is going over when they say Gondor? Like, what it what is this place on the river? Who cares? It's in Gondor. Like, roll with it. Right, but that's like the thing people ask. They're like, when when you're shown something, they're just like, "What is this place? We like, haven't seen this place before." before. <laughs> Whatever. She's literally telling you that... It's Gondor. It's Gondor. It's the last free, you know, country of men. Sauron's gonna hit that place next. Sucks, I guess. He's gonna roll up in there. Yeah. Smash it to pieces. Get in, losers. We're destroying Gondor. Right. It's gonna (laughs) roll up in his hot rod. (laughs) Do you think Sauron has, like, a special Oliphant that he just, like... Can you imagine, like, he has a... With a little tower of Sauron on top, carrying the eye. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be incredible. What's the word? A palanquin? <laughs> yes, a palanquin. Yeah. Thanks, the Decemberist. <laughs> Just a, a special oliphant with a little little miniature Baradur palanqu- mm-hmm. palanquin carrying the eye of Sauron. Yeah, but it's like the full-size eye. It's, it's as big as the oliphant. Because, <laughs> like... The Tower of Baradur, the one we see in the movie, right? Yeah. The miniature is, what do they say it is? 27 feet tall, right? I think. And it's and like it's, 100 and something it's, it's scale. It's 1 166th scale. That's so crazy. So it's, it's 30 feet tall, and it's 1 166th the size yeah. of what Baradors is that's supposed some, to be. That's some like Tower of Babel nonsense. Right, exactly. That's the point. So like that that's what they were going for with the look of it. So what how big is the eye of Sauron? Well, okay. So one hundred and sixty six, so like it's twenty seven times one 66, right? That's how that works? Not exactly, but that'll that'll give you a crazy number. That'll tell me how tall this thing is? Oh, almost, it's like 4,500 feet. Is that right? It It's probably taller than that. So like, a one-sixth scale model of a car yeah. is... About the size of a trade paperback. Okay. Everything is one-sixth the size. Okay. So, but when you look at it next to a full-size car of that car... Yeah. It doesn't just translate to being six times as tall. 
Oh, I see. That's what I'm getting at. Proportions. You know what? We're not here to do math. <laughs> so, like, I don't know how that math has worked out. I've never, I've always looked at things like that and been like, this doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I don't know, like, I don't know, proportions. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, whatever. So, it's, <laughs> let's just, let's just be, let's be kind of liberal on our estimate there and say that the Baradour is a mile tall. 5,000 feet? Yeah. Let's just, let's just be really liberal on that estimate and say it's a mile tall. My God. So if it is a mile tall and... Well, how tall is Mount Everest? Over a mile. uh, It's like seven kilometers? Let's see. The internet. I want to say it's like seven kilometers. That could be way off. I'm probably way off. I don't remember how tall it is. Yeah, it's like five and a half miles. Wow. That's crazy. Mount Everest is 29,029 feet. Well, there you go. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's around five miles. That's like almost right on the money for five miles. It's a little shy, actually. Yeah. Because 5,280 feet would get you to like 30,000, like 30,800 or something like that if you multiply it by five. 30,400. So if Mount Mount Everest is a, is a little shy of 30,000 feet. So it's not quite five miles tall. Yeah. Or a little over five miles tall, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. I'm super bad at math in my brain like this. <laughs> I, I was not a math major. My sister was, but I'm not. So... If Baradour is like a mile tall, and the the top where the eye sits, when you're looking at it on screen, is like a little less than half as wide as the foundation. Mm-hmm. How big is the eye? How big is the eye? Don't know. Like, is the eye like 400 feet across? Maybe. That poor Oliphant. <laughs> that poor Oliphant. But it's fire. You know, it's weightless. He's just carrying a little rig to hold it. Oh, it's like a helium balloon? Like Yeah. <laughs> it's just this little rig with two little spikes for the, the lightning to hold on to. That's funny. Because it'd be weightless. It's I just don't know. fire. Like, even a, bal- like a balloon that size. Have you ever, like, you know those, like, That's mazes? why Baradur can stand. The balloon is holding it up. You know, like those those That's why those like down. Macy's de- Day Parade, um, yeah, balloons. Have you ever like held one of those? No, they are pretty crazy. Yeah, like, everybody except one person let go. That person would just fly. Yeah, away. you're 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 screwed, my dude. Just toast. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's why Baradour falls down because the balloon goes out, <laughs> gets deflated, and then Baradour just falls. He's holding it up. So Sauron can't move. Like, if he moves, his tower falls. Exactly. Yeah, he's stuck. That's why he needs the ring, so he can get his body back. That's a, that's like a really crappy design flaw. Well, that's just the curse of putting your soul in a piece of jewelry. You design towers poorly? Well, you become a giant helium balloon. Oh. If he had the full power of the ring, he could just keep the tower together and then just leave. You should just fire your architect. Like, 
get better. <laughs> get good. It's like, uh, no, it's like Galen Erso, just some orc designed the tower with a flaw to keep him contained. Oh, I see. It's like the Death Star. <laughs> There's like a whole, <laughs> like, crappy Rogue One. It's just a bunch of orcs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch of orcs that betrayed the Empire. But it's not actually orcs, like, they're just like elves in face paint. Oh my god. Just wearing masks. That's funny. That's really funny. But yeah, this this minute is just Galadriel giving Elrond the noose. Yep. That's it. Hey, what's up? Here's some stuff. It's like Galadriel, I'm busy. Oh, no, it's fine. This is the perfect time. <laughs> the world has changed. Gla- Galadriel, I'm, I can feel I'm sad. It in the air. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Me I too. I feel it in the water. <laughs> just, all right. I feel it in the air. Is this how she starts every conversation? <laughs> yes. The, the, every conversation she has starts with either this or, you know, it shows things that are, things that were, <laughs> and things that have not yet come to pass. <laughs> Perfect. That's funny. So we're from the website DuelingGenre.com, and we're not the only Movies by Minutes podcast there. There's we're a- not? No. Dun, dun, dun. We're not. There's also Harry Potter Minute, Rocky Minute, Spider-Man Minute, Back to the Future Minute. You don't have to list all of them. There's a whole bunch of them. All the time. <laughs> Whatever. I, I just, when I'm listing things, I just list all the things I know in that category. That's just what my brain does. It just wants to get them all out. I see. Jane Silent Bob Minute. Oh my god. We hope everyone has a, has a great <laughs> Wednesday. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk about Minute 134. And uh, some more Galadriel, I guess. Yeah. Bye.